All right, Leafs talk. J.D. Bunkus, Justin Bourne, trying to get in frame because it's different from the original <laughs> screen than uh, what I saw. Now I look like a giant. Now I look too big. Got to move <laughs> this back. Oh, wait, let's get it. That seems a little better. Uh, Leafs win. Leafs win. Dude, i got to be honest. That one felt like a schedule lost. Uh, yeah. It was their third game in four nights. They started really slow. They found a way. It seems pretty obvious. Was this one more complicated than they had the better finishers and the better goaltender? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good analysis. Uh, thanks, everyone. We will catch you next. I think that's Goodbye. That, you know, Thank like, you. you know, that is, I and I, I couldn't agree more, by the way. I don't know if I shed it, said it on Kipper and Bourne or not, but I did bet Detroit tonight. It just felt like one of those nights where, you know, the Leafs have had all this reason to get up for great opponents. It's Boston, it's Jersey, it's whoever. This is Detroit, end of a road trip, the, the type of team that'll come in that can score, probably hang six on you and you call it a day. They just look so solid defensively, and it's bizarre because they don't have defensemen in. Okay, I have one little thought on this, and I just, you and I have had some conversations about trying to find the new inefficiencies and leagues and how yeah. if you get a bigger player now, it's actually going to benefit you because the league has gotten so small. And I got to tell you, I really felt that tonight because Detroit's supposed to have a more physical identity. And granted, I haven't seen a lot of them this year, so I don't know if that's still the case. I know that that's some of the players that they've signed, but I, I think I texted you that they're probably the team I've seen the least of this year. I just haven't had a reason to tune into really any of their games. They nope. haven't played the Leafs yet. It's just they, they haven't really hit the radar. But this is a team that's supposed to be kind of physical. At well, least that's Bertuzzi what I thought. and Ernie and Cop and it, they got uh, Perron and all these guys are good, but physical, yeah. But how many times was it kind of okay with Mete and you know Hollowell and Sandine and I had a couple of moments in this game going, yeah, Lilligren's having some physical, like he's having some real physical yeah. moments out here. Yeah, it just really does feel like we are entering an even more. I don't want to say soft because that sounds like a pejorative, but right. it's it's a different NHL, especially in the regular season. I don't know if it's a form of load management, sort of the style of play that we're seeing here right now. I can't really put my finger on it, but it used to be the book on the Leafs was put the puck in deep and hammer them and yeah. force turnovers and you're going to generate something and maybe outplay them. And again, Detroit did outplay them tonight and they did use some of that strategy. It just... Maybe it was the result a little bit more. Maybe I wasn't watching closely enough, but it, it doesn't feel like that is burning the Leafs the way that it used no. to. And it certainly isn't considering the composition of their defense core is a bunch of guys shorter than me. Like, yeah, I know. I'm 5'10". This doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I, honestly, man, I, I don't really know. You know, I think that's, that's another really good take, just that game. I don't want to call it soft either, but it wasn't like it was a bang-bang, you know, no, physical not affair. Soft. I need some kind of synonym book. I need a thesaurus quickly to give me what the description is because I yeah, soft implies that it's like these guys are, you know, playing kind of uh, half-hearted. or something. Yeah, yeah and it's, it. that's yeah. not what I'm looking for here. Yeah, it's just not as physical. You know, there, one thing that stands out to me when I watch the Leafs right now is they do win an awful lot of puck battles. And the weird thing to say is it feels like outside of those few defensemen who haven't played much in the NHL, that they have the adults in the room. Like they have David camp. who will just like keep it along the wall when it should stay on the wall. Justin Hall does that too. You know, Pontus Holmberg is now, now this new guy who gets above and does the right things. 
you know, their best offensive players and guys like Marner and Matthews are notoriously good defensively anyway. And just so common that you see their forwards doing the right thing. And it doesn't allow the other team to maintain these certain, these, uh, you know, series of chances where they're all over him and the Leafs in Detroit had a lot of ozone time tonight, but it didn't really amount to a ton of danger against. So this is the other kind of thing I wanted to discuss about them defensively as a group. They clearly are doing this pack the paint thing that's really working for them, which is just clog the middle of the ice. It's a, it's a, it reminds me of the Raptors versus the Bucks in 2019, where they just said, all right, Giannis, let the guys shoot from the outside, but there's not going to be anything at the rim for you. We're going to put Marcus Gasol down here. We're going to have yeah. Kawhi, whatever, Abaka. This has been the Islers, Islanders under Barry Trotz. That's what they've and, done. And this is what the Leafs have been doing. And it's just, it's actually kind of working too well to the point where I'm going, why aren't more teams doing this on a regular yeah. basis? Because they do in it, playoffs and they do it to the Leafs. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really working for Toronto right now in the regular season because yeah, they're getting pretty much every save that Matt Murray. So I had Kevin Woodley on my show. I shouldn't say pretty much. Kevin Woodley came on my show this week, big data analytics, goaltender guy said that since Murray has come back, he has not allowed a goal that was below expected. Right. So right. technically by that no measure, goals. he has not let in a bad goal and that can, that seems to continue with him. They're not yeah. putting him into stressful areas. He's looked great and he was awesome tonight. And he came up with some really nice saves. The workload was high. He's never really looked um, out of position or as though he's swimming. He's been solid. This isn't to take anything away from him. But in terms of who you would want to play behind right now in the NHL, watching it night in, night out, it's this Leafs team. <laughs> Nothing really gets through. There's not too yeah. many clear home plate. Think about the goals that Matthews and Marner scored tonight, where it's just two guys that know how to score, walking in and getting absolutely filthy clean looks. Yeah. Where are those shots for Detroit? Sure, they piled over 30 of them, but it's not like Toronto's giving you the front of the net. They're not giving you clear opportunities. They're not yeah. letting Matt Murray go coat you know, post to post and have to make super athletic saves more than, you know, once or twice a game, just the formula that they're doing. It just, I hate going so far as to say this night in night out, but yeah, it really does feel like all they're doing is finally using the preseason or the regular season as a testing ground for the playoffs. Yeah. And every game I watch, I feel more and more confident about their chances there because this seems to be working for them. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's not the most thrilling strategy to watch, but you know, the other takeaway too is they've started really well over this, uh, this last handful of, full of games, not tonight, tonight they didn't start well, but if you look at this road trip, so they just had a four game road trip that they were perfect on what Pittsburgh, New Jersey, uh, this one and wherever else they played. I don't know. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. So perfect road trip. And three of those games, they were really good out of the gates and they got the first goal and what that's allowed the other, you know, What's happened then is the other team opens up a bit. The Leafs are actually able to get more than two goals and get playing a bit. And tonight, I felt like that was the case where you look at the game and you and I are sitting here going, yeah, Detroit carried the play. Detroit was the better team. But a lot of that to me was you're a road team. You're up in the game. You're going to play a certain way. It wasn't that they couldn't play with them to me. That's like a strategic, as you mentioned, you sort of park the bus in front of the net, use an old soccer term and, kind of go from there. So it's tough to even know, like, did Detroit outplay them or not? Part of it is just score effects. 
bro, my terms are outdated. I'm still using 2019 Raptors. I should be using 2022 soccer. It's World <laughs> yeah. Cup. How did I mispark the bus? They're <laughs> yeah. just parking the bus. They're trying to get the result. They're trying to do it with class. Oh, so, just a quality side. Yeah, they really have been a quality side. Um, yeah, you're right. A lot of this tonight, I think, was score effects. Although, to me, they, they did hit a wall in the third. Yeah, like, they're hanging on. <laughs> yeah, the, th- the <laughs> third period is. was pretty desperate. Yeah. I-, I bet you every time guys went to the bench, oh. they're looking up at that clock. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and looking down the bench to see yeah. who's, yeah, I'm not yeah. up next, am I? Yeah, they yeah. they look like they gas a little bit. But yeah, again, that's something that's expected when you have this kind of a labor-intensive schedule. I'm, I'm really curious. Samsonov was sort of trending towards being back, and now he's not, and... You really wouldn't like to push what's going on with Matt Murray right now. There's another game yeah. on Wednesday night. It's not a back-to-back, but given his workload in a night like this one where the team was kind of tired in front of him and might still Wednesday night against a lesser opponent with their history of kind of playing down to them, because I'm pretty sure they have the Ducks on Wednesday, yeah? Oh, no, Sharks. Yeah. It's the Sharks. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Sharks. So maybe that's another game where they go Shalgren and, and give a night off. And, and Shalgren's not giving up bad goals either. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he's, a, I think he's a, a NHL starter or something, but he's been reliable enough to at least make the saves necessary. So I don't feel it's like quitting on the game to put him in. Yeah, no, he's been okay. And again, they have been the one of the friendliest, if not the friendliest teams to play behind this year. It's them and the Islanders, which is, again, a little shocking given you would have told people, hey, the Leafs are going to be playing Victor Mete and Mac Hollowell, Rasmus Sandin, and Timothy Lilligren for over 20 minutes a night. Yeah. Yeah. You would have guessed that they were playing their brand of old school fire wagon hockey. Right. Like when Sheldon Keefe first took over for the Leafs. But how about the best case scenario that has been? Rasmus Sandin is forced into big minutes and consistent play. And all of a sudden he gets enough touches, makes some good plays, starts feeling confident. Like, you know, shoots one in the net tonight. I just, this has found money because I don't know about you, but there was a number of us, you know, will almost willing to quit on Sandine and just saying, you know, he too much too soon and the contract and bad start. So this has always been my Sandine position is he to me has been always a guy that has to play more. And yeah. I think that was part of his holdout is he and his camp knew it too. The more he plays, the more confident he feels. When he's been put in those spots where if he makes a mistake offensively, he's worried about coming out of the lineup, he looks as though he doesn't play with confidence. Right. So this was always it for me. I've, I've never had questions that there's talent there, there's a player there. It's always been, can he stay in the lineup? And, I'll, okay, if I'm going to be critical of the Dubas regime a little bit here, yeah. this is something that they're dealing with with Nick Robertson right now. Maybe Nick Robertson can't really play, but I was talking to Mike Feud about him the other day, and yep. that guy, he built two Stanley Cup winning teams through the draft. That was his job. That's what he did. Yep. He said Nick Robertson clearly is a 20-goal guy in the NHL just with the shot alone, that it's basically going to be impossibility for him not to be able to score goals. Right. And you can't really find out who these guys are when you're in must-win mode and you continue to make decisions like this with your roster in terms of who's getting in. Yeah. And should the Leafs have signed Mark Giordano to a veteran minimum contract? Uh, no, duh. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's pretty much the story of the season so yeah. far right now. Saving I was a, season. 
I was a little worried, by the way, with Gio tonight. He got crunched on one play in the uh-huh. late in the second, I want to say, or early in the third. It was shortly after the Marners dive. And yeah, I know exactly the hit, and it was like, well, this would be terrible. Yeah, no, that's, there's a yeah. there. It does come a point. I thought, who's it after him? <laughs> you know, it might be one of us. I yeah. like, it's names I don't know on the Marlies, honestly. Maybe that's where McKee was tonight. Anyway, <laughs> they. They've kind of made these decisions to go with veteran players and have them take minutes from younger guys because they've been in all in win mode. And so if a guy hasn't fit perfectly, they haven't really stuck with him. And Sheldon Keefe is guilty for this, too. Right. He'd rather go. You want Robertson to get a Sandine like chunk of games here. I've been saying this for a month. As much as Dennis Malgan has looked good. He was. This is how many games of Malgan now where it's been very pedestrian. Too many. Yeah, it's it's kind of been back to the Malgan magic has faded a little you bit. You know what did it for me tonight? I text you. He yeah. went in on a, a loose puck up a few two goals in the third period and just yeah. went, ah, I don't want to take hit that hit. You take it. Yeah, uh, and I get it because Malgan's the veteran. You can't send him down. To me, they should have made the decision of either sending Robertson down to the AHL and letting him just continue to play there. This is weird, like the Shane Wright thing, or play him every single night. But to me... In the modern NHL, in the salary cap era, especially in the flat cap era, you have to find out if some of your young guys can hit for you. And I mean Mm -hmm. hit for you as in be contributors on unbelievably cheap contracts. The Leafs have just not had that. Maybe Matthew Nyes is that guy, but Sandine hasn't been it really for this long. Lilligren, in the final year of his deal, gave them something but had to come out in the playoffs, which again is understandable when it's a postseason. You have that tighter leash where you go – Hey, yeah. we're not doing this. But if there's been one fly in the ointment for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, when it comes to, I think, overlooked narratives over the past few seasons, it's been they haven't found a way to, to mesh those two realities of bring some young guys up, let them play, and let them struggle through that, especially the offensive mm-hmm. guys. Because they're okay with the Holmbergs of the world, right? The oh, guys yeah. who go out there and they say, hey, do nothing. And he goes, aye, aye. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How and, do you get that job? <laughs> that's a great job. That's, yeah. a, that's a really great job. Especially yeah. when Sheldon Keefe praises guys like that so much. It's so funny sometimes how much Keefe is Babcock. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just like, coaching through the media? Coaching through the media. But who, if you had to pick one guy Babcock would talk about and praise so far, it would be Holmberg. Doing exactly that. that knows where is, to stand. Knows where to stand. Knows where to stand. Can't pick out. His quote the other night was, "He, do, I can't find a single thing he's doing wrong. And I went, that is an incredible quote. What but a, this what is a when quote. you don't have to produce offense. Like, it's so easy to be, you always err on the defensive side. Like, should I go or not? Definitely not. Yeah. Like, your decisions are always made. You're half as effective because of that. But either way, it's been working. For him. Um, all right. The depth pieces aside. This is a Marner game. And here's the question of the podcast I have for you. Here's the title of the podcast. Is this now Mitch Marner's team? Like not Austin Matthews team. Until proven otherwise. You know, Matthews ripped one tonight. It was gorgeous. It was a shoot it in the net goal. It was five yeah. on five. Nice little drop pass. Just by not Hunter. impactful, is he though? Well, I'll tell you this. If there's one guy that I'm noticing tonight who dive or no dive draws a penalty on a penalty kill who's playing better on both sides of special teams. Who's now finding ways to score goals. Who's getting more primary assists. 
who's turning pucks over in the offensive end, who's blocking shots, by the way, huge block shot for Mitch at the end of the second period. Like he's got the point streak and it's not a fluky point streak. It's a long standing one that he's putting together. They put up that graphic now tonight. He's got a point in every game, except I believe two this Mm -hmm. season. This is a guy who was deeply criticized early on in the year. And basically from that point forward has been the Leafs best player. And so this isn't a permanent thing. This isn't a Matthews can't change it or Matthews can't recover and find his old form. This is simply right now. Is this Mitch Marner's team? Yeah, so I think the the question is uh, convoluted. It's, it's oh, you it, chicken, you no, chicken. no. I'm gonna address it directly. It's yeah. it's it's the the wrong question. Okay, because, what's the question? Well, it's not Mitch Marner's team if that's the question. It's the guy who just won the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay and scored sixty, and he's the face of the right. franchise. Who right. was number one overall draft pick? It's Austin Matthews. Right. He's yes. Yeah, right. So, but <laughs> Mitch Marner's been the best player in the Leafs this year. Yeah. Far and away, he's been way better than Matthews. He's been, you know, better than Tavares, who's been very good, better than the goaltenders. Without him, they are a totally different looking team. The you, you mentioned the penalty kill. You mentioned you rattled off the list of what he's been. You don't need to hear it from me again. He's been awesome. I, you know, Kipper always says he's their engine. You know, and, and that's great. I think it's him and Austin at the root of the question come playoffs. Is the engine still firing the same way? Is Austin still shooting it in the net in the same way? We haven't found that answer yet. So there's pressure on these two guys. Right now, one of them is performing the regular season, Mitch's. So I'll answer your question. No, it's not Mitch's team. But he's been the best player on the team. Are we sure? This could make so many people pissed off because I'm watching the Red Wings tonight. And I just wanted to troll the Red Wings half, but I also kind of believe this. Are we sure, though, that... This can't end up being a bit of an Eiserman Fedorov situation with the two of those guys. In what way? That Marner is the Eiserman and Matthews yeah. is just the Fedorov. I think I don't think I understand what, who it's a compliment to or an insult to. That'd be I great. I think it's a compliment to Marner because no one listen. It's it's a compliment to both, right? I'm comparing right. them to both great players, right? But you would not really say, like, who is the identity player? of those Red Wings teams. Who right. was the engine? Who was the heart and soul? Who was the guy that... Because when I think of an identity player, I go, who is this team playing like? And right now, they're playing like Mitch Marner. They're going through Mitch Marner. When he's bringing yeah. it every night, the rest of the team is kind of leading by example. Defensive forwards getting back, playing really well. Getting in on the forecheck, creating offense, killing yeah. penalties, playing on the power play. Like, he's playing the most minutes a night. And he's got the most points. And yeah, to me right now, I would agree with that, that he is the heartbeat of this team right now. And the only reason that they've been able to survive this version of Austin Matthews has been him. And Which sure, is hilarious, I, by the way, because Matthews had a goal and an assist tonight, a goal and two assists last game. Yeah. You know, like he's getting he's his finding points himself. now. He's, he you, can, you can see that he's finding his level. And I think that's actually even more of a compliment to Marner is that Matthews can play well, and I still feel like Marner's playing better. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's an interesting thing, though. You know, they're going to need each other, much like Iserman and Fedorov needed each other, too. You know, come playoffs, they're going to play together, right? They're going to be on a line in I playoffs. I can't wait to read the comments based on me saying this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys, you know, these guys are going to need each other. They're going to play together. You know, you tend to think of playoffs when it comes to playoffs. And, and I'm just saying it again, like, can these guys 
find their way through. And if not, if it's Mitch's team, is, is Mitch going to wear as much of the weight of that, of their failures as Matthews? I don't think so. I'm just going to say that right now, if John Tavares did his, I'm taking off the C, and who is it going to? It would be Mitch Marner today. I mean, that's insane. That's an insane thing to say. I do not believe it's insane. I think that he's playing that well this year. Like, I think he's playing that well, too. I just think that, you know, when you when the team is looking down their bench at a guy in a big moment who they need, or they want someone to step up to the microphone to answer for the team and how they're performing, you know, Austin has done that ably, even when he's played poorly. He, you know, he... You don't think he has compared to Mitch? Well, I just, I would counter that Mitch Marner is the guy that's literally done the two things that you're talking about. When they were in the middle of the rut, he was the one that stepped up and talked about him and Keith having a good relationship and him having ownership that he needed to play better. And when this team was in a funk and this team needed to turn the tides and they got back home after that West Coast road trip, it was Mitch Marner that stepped up with his play. And if you're looking down the bench, he's been their MVP ever since. So it's kind of like, yeah, has Matthews been that guy in the past? Absolutely, he has yeah. been. But I am now living in the present. We're over 20 games now, right? Like, this season is fully chugging along. Yeah, I, I just, and I I just reserve... think you're really missing the idea of, like, what a team looks to in their captain, you know, and, and their leader and personality, mm-hmm. you know, the guy in the room, those sort of things. I don't think anyone thinks that it's, you know, they're listening to Mitch or Austin ahead dog of Dog stick? You don't think it's dog stick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old dog stick. No, I uh, think it's Giordano, and I think it's yeah. Tavares, and I think it's Morgan Riley. And, yeah, I think it's Matthews ahead of Marner in that regard. But, you know, yeah. as you mentioned, the guy who's playing the best and is on the ice the most is certainly worthy of that conversation, and Mitch has certainly brought himself to that level this season. Yeah, I, I think that we on the outside definitely – you know, judge the personality element of it a little harshly, especially considering For sure. that, you know, we've seen Mitch Marner be a child in a car getting chastised by his dad. And it's hard to lose that image. And yeah. it's hard to believe that everything that he says about, you know, those elements it, that he's not sometimes trapped as that same younger guy through our perception. I truly cannot believe that knowing who I do my daily show with, where you're doing this to me tonight. Well, all I'm saying is that to me, <laughs> what I do think about Marner is mm-hmm. by all reports and all accounts and guys. And I've, and I've heard this directly that he is more of an energy guy around that room than I think we give him credit for when it comes to like the leadership component sure. that Guys lead in different ways and that Marner in that room does have a way of keeping things light and that he is very well liked amongst his peers in that group. That's all I'm going to say is that leadership gets put in different ways. I don't think that he's the traditional, you know, Mike Richards, right? The Like, I don't think he's one of those type of captains or those kind of leaders. He's certainly not Steve Eiserman in that regard. <laughs> he's not Steve Eiserman, you know, you understand what that comparison was for and he's no. not that. But... I kind of feel as though the heart in the engine is like, that's your leader and that's the guy that's doing it. And so for me, I'd say if I was sitting beside you at a bar stool right now and we didn't know each other, we're just chatting at a bar. I'd go, okay, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd go back to my friend. Maybe I'm trying to force it a bit. I just, (laughs) I'm really impressed by him lately, man. I just feel like he's, he's been really, really good for a very, very long time. 
and he has been a whipping boy in the city for taking the money, and yeah. he has been a whipping boy in the city for yeah. choking like a dog in the playoffs, but he is kicking all kinds of ass lately. He and, is dragging this team from a yeah. garbage start to a team that you go, can they catch the Bruins? Yep, that's 100% it. 100% agree. Yeah. I just, to me right now, he's been the team's identity player. And for me, it's always pretty much been Matthews throughout like his entire tenure as a Leaf. I'm probably being overly critical of him. You're right. Um, maybe I, I'm just, I'm like the, the divorcee who didn't do anything, but goes, I'm accustomed to a certain style of living. <laughs> That's how I am with Matthews. Yeah. But I just, I'm so impressed with Marner, man. I can't get over it. Every night I just come away. Like, you know me, I'm just like you. I write down you know, plays in my phone. And it's shocking right now when I look through my notes, how many things are Marner. When like, he's at his best, like right now, he just hangs onto the puck for so long that yeah. like, how do you have that confidence? Guys come at him and he's just like, I'm going to pass it. And he just waits and waits and then they leave and he still has it. And he turns around like, and I'm telling you, I, I know you and I talked about it after I went to that Islanders game, but seeing some of those touches to control the puck and control the play. Yeah. He's uh he's been good. How dare you ignore me at our hypothetical bar for this take? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that a fine take. The wherewithal uh, to dig when, in when the it. year is over and we look at Matthews and he turns out to have 52 goals, this is going to be like, oh, right. This is how <laughs> this ended up going, right? Uh, anyway, um, I don't think I have anything else from tonight. Uh, yeah, I had some other smaller stuff. Nope, nope, nope. That's all kind of out. Yeah, I think that, again, like, I'll just reiterate, it's it's shocking to me that Matt Murray's been this quality for them. Murray this and good, and getting... Nylander has points in 20 of 22 games so far as well, which is uh, also wow. shocking. Yeah. That is kind of shocking. I it was know. a cookie tonight, but still. No, wow. no, he, he buried the rebound on the power play under the bar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a cookie. Oh, yeah, an easy one. Know, was, yeah, yeah it was off. It was a wide open cage, and he yeah. went, thank you. This is yeah. going to go in the net now. Uh, Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I'm out. I got I got nothing else. You got anything? Dip, my man. All right, good stuff. Uh, I'm JD Bunkus. He's Justin Bourne. Uh, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at JD Bunkus at JT Bourne. Um, you can get more of Justin's loser picks, <laughs> like the Red Wings <laughs> to win. <laughs> you can get some of my winning picks, like uh, Homer's. I parlay. hit another parlay for the old Bourne book it with Borny tonight. So I know no big I, deal. That's that is very nice. Um, I'm very excited to go watch the Raptors game, by the way, and uh, very excited to, yeah, I didn't spoil it on PVR, so very, very stoked to go watch them play Cleveland. Uh, JD and Justin, subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars if you like it, and uh, Sam McKee and I will see you on Wednesday night after the Sharks. See ya.